Welcome TTB community. I am Bob Demena, and here with me, as always, is the choreographed Elliot Shibley. Choreographed like dancing? Not necessarily. I mean, I think that's where the term is most commonly used, but sort of, you know, you plan things out, you're methodical. That was kind of what I was getting at. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're Our guest today is Liz, and she launched Run to Reach. So uh, it was an 18-month philanthropic marathon expedition with the goal of running 30 marathons in 30 countries before turning 30 in June of 2020. Quite the goal. And we talked to her about that experience, about why she did it. And we talk about some of the things that happened, some of the hiccups that happened along the way. Overall, a really great conversation um, that really had an impact on her life. And she was able to impact others through her group efforts, coordinating with other people at each marathon. Uh, really, really powerful conversation. So travel tip of the week, pack a smaller bag. Really that simple. Something that you can use for souvenirs that you can just fit in your backpack, in your suitcase, and then that can be used on your way back as a carry-on. And it is just literally designated for souvenirs. Yeah, I have one that folds into like the size of a t-shirt almost, like folded up. And I put that in my bag and... When I, you can unravel it, unzip it, and it turns into a backpack. And Elliot, I don't know, do you remember I brought that to yeah. Peru? Yeah. So I, I think it's nice. a great idea because you're, you're going to end up buying stuff. And if you pack your backpack to the brim, you can't really afford to put anything in there. Or so. you're going to have to wear extra clothes on the flight home. Right, exactly. So, yeah. All right. Before we get into the conversation, check out some of the cool things we offer. So first is the Traveler's Blueprint Travel Journal and Planner. It's perfect for those of you that like to keep record of everything. It offers tables for budget tracking, mindful travel tips, and details on how you can create your own itinerary layout. This planner can be downloaded through our website immediately upon purchase for you to fill out by hand, or you can fill it out on the computer. And it makes it just super easy to keep track of everything you need to plan the perfect trip from confirmation numbers, general insight on the country you plan on traveling to, and then the back of it is just a bunch of pages for you to actually journal about your experience. So the best thing, you can print it over and over again, and it's on sale now for $7.99. That's it. You buy it once, and then you have it for every trip thereafter. Next up, we have the Traveler's Blueprint Video Tutorials, which is a five-part video class presented by an animated version of myself and Bob. The series is perfect to help you fill out the travel planner and journal with information and insight on how you can prepare for navigation, booking airfare, restaurant and blog research, itinerary layout, safety, local norms, and of course, being a thoughtful traveler. And that is available through our website for $25. It is a wonderful platform on Thinkific and you get to go through all the courses. Yeah, and so, and they, they pair up very nicely. So if you do get the journal, and then you pair that up with the video course, you'll essentially have everything you need to do this on your own. Plan your own trip, save a lot of money. Now, we take it a step further. And if you actually want to sit down with me one-on-one -on -one via Zoom and go over the details of your trip, and I'm talking every aspect of your trip from the dates you want to fly out, how to save money on airfare, how to navigate the city, how to find the best restaurants, everything you could think of, I'll sit down with you and, and be essentially be your travel consultant and help you plan this trip down to every minuscule detail, if that's your thing, of course. So keep that in mind and check out our website for pricing details on that. 
And as you all know, Bob and I are either Philly local or appreciate Philly from a distance. And we have our very own tour guide, Keschler, who will hook you up with an incredible Philadelphia experience. He offers a variety of tours where you can uncover the little-known history of the city or chat down on some food and cheesesteaks tours. Keschler is offering two tours exclusively through the Traveler's Blueprint, and you can find them on our website. However, if you do want something a bit different, feel free to email us and we can look at changing up the itinerary with you. If you find this podcast entertaining, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you love us, or if you love at least one of us, we'd be forever grateful if you could subscribe to the show and share some of our social media posts as a story on Facebook or Instagram. Because remember, we post clips and images of these podcasts to our social media every week, and we encourage you to give us feedback and ask us any questions you may have for that conversation. Lastly, if you want to be on the show, you can join us and drop us a line for the Travel Around Table series. You can send us your name, website, and a few travel-related topics you'd enjoy discussing. Thank you for listening and enjoy this next podcast. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. James, welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I understand you're in Los Angeles right now. Yep. Yep. Understood. Uh, well, we're excited to talk to you today. You have quite the extensive travel resume. You've been on countless number of flights. You hold the Guinness World Record for the youngest man to travel to 196, which we believe is the accurate number there, countries of the world. Uh, you are the founder of Holiday Swap, yes, and we're excited to talk to you question. about your experiences so, travel. Uh, you're a fairly young guy. Know how you were able to do married. all of this it at such September a young age, and then get into what you've been I doing had lately. I to Paris a year and a half prior. All right, so and so I, I guess really the first question is with the with the Guinness World Record. Kind of how did you do it? You're the youngest man to my life. I get wasn't ready all to of the down. countries listed. Uh, I wasn't. I wouldn't call it an existential crisis, but I really wanted. I felt ready to jump into some kind of high wattage adventure in my life, and um, I, I knew I also wanted to do something that would positively impact the world outside of my personal bubble. And so I just thought to myself, you know, what if I combine my two passions in life, which was you know, traveling and, and running marathons specifically? And the idea literally just popped in my head. I was in Namibia with my husband and I just thought to myself, you know, what if I ran 30 marathons in 30 countries before I turned 30? Wow. I was 28 at the time. I'd actually already run 10 marathons. So I had 20 left to go. And I was really excited about this idea, but the idea itself of run to reach really started to take form when I paired the idea with um, so in each of the countries that I'd be running marathons in, I would partner with a local women-focused chari- charity in that country. I sort of go there and, and raise funds and awareness um, about what they do. And again, this was all happened during my honeymoon. I was just like brainstorming and writing emails to my sister, telling her about this crazy idea and how excited I felt. And the funny part was actually my... Yeah husband mark my now husband mark he had just moved so the first hundred that you were doing and then you realized France, oh how many actually are there what the was your purpose for travel at that point because for almost two years 
before that we had been living he was in Japan where we were living before and I was in France and so finally we were in the same place and I was like cool I'm just gonna leave you for another year and a half um but I got back from that you know that honeymoon that amazing honeymoon trip and uh you know I just decided to say yes to this crazy idea just knowing how short life was and how I'd never in my life felt so excited about anything. I felt equally terrified, but so excited. I had financially, I had no idea how I was going to make it work, but I had, you know, enough savings where I could last at least a few months. And I was like, okay, I'll figure it out along the way. And, uh, and I just decided to go from there. I really had two months to plan (laughs) everything all like the year and a half long adventure, which was crazy in itself. So it almost felt like this startup business where I literally was awake for like 20 hours of the day or and night, um, just planning this whole expedition and choosing all the NGOs I was going to work with and all the different races. Oh, so yeah. it was a really full on project. Yeah, it really, you know, it was a mix. <laughs> At first, like I would say the first couple of weeks, I definitely was a little bit selfish with where I wanted to travel to. It was almost like places that for my entire life, I wanted to check off my bucket list. Like I think the original countries, Cuba and the Seychelles. And, um, and I found some really cool organizations there. But then actually a few months into the project um, I was in Sierra Leone for one of the marathons which was really cool experience and again I would never imagine myself being in Sierra Leone traveling there running a marathon there and and working with this amazing organization and it was then that I actually decided to scrap all my previous countries that I chose and actually choose much more interesting Mm -hmm. countries to go to like Afghanistan um, Cote d'Ivoire, um, a little bit more, you know, lesser wow. traveled countries, mostly because for me, I was obviously, you know, I was really interested to learn more about countries that I would never necessarily read about in, in travel publications. And a huge part of my project as well, of course, was fundraising for these organizations. And so the kind of the audience yeah, it's quite that the journey. I, I sort of yeah I really like your perspective and what I you said about this would be so much doing it for, for them purpose. I, and you weren't just you know, doing they were it to following this these, project and you know the notches on your really belt or whatever and, you know terminal we use that here at the country, Travelers Blueprint we call it the checklist traveler I think that's also when the project became a lot more interesting to myself but also the people right it too Um, so that was really difficult. I started from zero when I started, like I literally started the Instagram page had zero followers. Mm. And for the first couple of months, I would write random people and be like, I'm starting this project. Please follow me. Like I literally begged for followers and, uh, and, you know, it really grew organically. I didn't wow. have a team. I eventually had one person kind of helping me manage, to reach out to some of the NGOs and uh, and also press in some of the local uh, places that I was running in to just sort of get the word out that I was coming. And, and it really, again, just grew organically. I think because there were so, there was so much going on in the background in terms of the planning of this project, I wish I could have devoted 
more energy to get the word out and maybe like even to sponsors too like it really was right. just a full on it was much more than a full-time job just you know again having the sponsorship side the fundraising side the running side but um but it yeah i think at the beginning it was just a really organic um reach outward january 2019 yeah right right yeah and did you have specific criteria that you had to meet in order to consider it you know a country that you visited june 2020 yeah So luckily, um, I only had two marathons marathons left left to go in one in April and one in May before, yeah, before I finished the project. And I was actually in Yemen as all of the borders started to close. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I would like to see uh, the the, defined Guinness World Record of like one week in every country. And there is no internet there. So we are on this like desert island for 10 days no two weeks uh, with no internet and I I brought a satellite phone with me it's the one thing my mom got for me before I embarked on this crazy run trees journey yeah yeah and so I it was the only place I actually took the satellite phone with me too because it was so heavy it almost looked like this 90s phone and uh but I'm so glad I did because I kept calling home and of course getting the news that all these borders were closing you know the Europe or U.S. closes borders to Europe, et cetera, mm-hmm. vice versa. And um, yeah, so that was a really wild experience getting home. But I remember receiving uh. a message from my sister as soon as I landed back in, in France. Uh, and she was she basically told me, you know, don't yeah. freak out. Your project is probably going to have to, you know, take a pause, but we will figure out some sort of creative way to, to wrap it all up. Don't worry. And, you know, I never, of course, I yeah. was so close to finishing Run to Reach and it was a and, huge bummer that my, I mean, not you know, to, all the it, rest of the races were canceled. In my perspective, the competitive travel sort of takes away from the purpose of travel because when it's like broadening, the broadening horizons, coming together, meeting new people, and then learning new things. I had a month to plan it. I was literally confined at home in Paris kind and of takes away from I actually that, got runners uh, from 110 countries to participate. And we ended up raising um, $15,000 just with this one virtual marathon. And so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yes, you know, one of my races, I mean, the last two races were canceled, but I, you know, it connected me to hundreds of people around the world who I, you know, I was, it was an extremely humbling experience because they had been following Run to Reach all this time. And then I sort yeah, of put it out in the open, you know, would yeah, anyone like to run sure. a virtual and, marathon and with you me? And it was a huge travel. response. And, and so yeah, I think you were one of really the first people on my experience feed to and, start um, traveling again. I think after actually one of the most rewarding COVID experiences kind of, to come out of Run to Reach uh, as well. The, the initial yeah. reaction kind of settled down. It seemed like you jumped on a plane and, and you were traveling around. Can you yeah, bring you know, us up to speed on what you've been doing, I guess, in 2020? Because there were so many virtual races and events going on at that time because people, I think, were just craving connection. <laughs> you, that has to be a record. Especially physical events. And so I think there were a lot of fundraising initiatives that were going on virtually. And so, again, I set my bar pretty low. But I did, you know, I did think to myself, well, what is one 
if someone approached me about a virtual race and how could I make that one person feel really special that they would want to get involved in my race? And so when I did start reaching out to people to get them involved, I actually asked them, you know, would you represent Haiti or would you represent Djibouti and my race? And when I gave them this sort of like, you know, privilege of representing their country, all of a sudden people got super excited. And because I was also raising funds for the WHO's COVID-19 response fund. So it was like this, you know, sense of, of like unifying force that we are all running because we were all going through this terrible pandemic situation economically, but also just, you know, it was probably the most um, disastrous thing to happen to the world in so long that in effect brought the world together. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was such a beautiful event, but I day in, day out, like I was working again, 20 hours a day, just, you know, cold messaging people in Bhutan, in Venezuela. And cause I, That's again, great. I just really wanted that global element to be involved in this race. And then I ended up putting a, like a short film together instead of sending out medals, I had people send in five second clips. And so it was just so cool to see all the countries involved and people just feeling really proud to run in this virtual race. So it was, it was really cool. And I think, you know, what I'm doing now actually is, you know, after I finished French Reach, kind of a few people contact me and they're like, your virtual race was great. Can you actually do this for, you know, my running brand that I'm, I just started. So it's actually like for that one experience has really led to other really cool opportunities since then as well. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and how did it go? Oh, wow. Okay. Really? That surprises me. Yeah, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. It is. And you know, I think with virtual events again, like people are like, oh, there's not the same excitement, there are no crowds, but there is something so powerful knowing that you're doing it with 
thousands of people across the world. I mean, not for my, my race only had maybe like, I think I got close to 700 people um, participating in the race. But still, I mean, it was just, it, it did feel very powerful. And I had all, you know, when I was doing the marathon myself here around Paris, I had messages coming in from all over the world, from Afghanistan and Iraq. And like, just, it was, it was so cool. So, um, yeah. Very different. Yeah, that's one of the worst things about social media that rose with the the ability for people to, uh, I guess, a- accumulate and uh, yeah, give these Couch opinions critics. of people. Yes. Yeah, so without um, knowing anything you know, about I really the person or what they're doing. And it, yeah, it's so it's by no means, I don't, you know, unfortunately, it's I wasn't, not going anywhere. There actually Nothing's was a change. huge percentage that, that of people who ran the poll. To me, I, I equate it to, you know, you know being stuck in traffic and someone cuts you off and yeah, you get pissed off immediately because you're like, why did you cut me off? And then if you take a step back out of the situation, like, all right, maybe they're going to the hospital because they're in the hospital down the road. You never know. And I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and I think there's less of that happening. All corners of the earth, you know, desert landscapes, mountain landscapes, in the middle of like incoming traffic. It just was really, really cool. And uh, but yeah, I think for me, that's too. It's it's really important to be inclusive of of all fitness back and backgrounds as well. Especially, I'm, I mean, I think people are like, okay, well, you're running all these marathons. I'm not going to be as fat. And it's like, no, no, no. That's not what this is about at all. So, um, so that I really tried to make that a point as well. Okay. Mm. Florida. I am not. Tell me. That is mental. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. staying, staying with the airline, um, I guess discussion, it, something that you do on your social media is critique airlines. It's really interesting and it's fun to follow. Your reviews oh. are, seem to be very well thought out and you put a lot of information and you put in, you know, your own experience and you back it up. Uh, most of the time, I don't want to say most of the time, but often you're traveling in a costume, which I find hilarious too. What's the deal with that? No, it definitely, um, you know, for me, when I think back to the project, of course, the running component takes center stage. But for me, it really was almost like <laughs> only 5% of the project. And 
the 95%, the other 95% was just devoted towards, towards fundraising and trying to build like a really strong communication campaign about what these NGOs do, where am I going, why I'm going to these places. I felt that that was actually much more important to explain that aspect than just, and like the marathon was almost like the, the hook to get people really um, excited about it. For me, it was almost just like the substance was really like, again, why I was going there and the, the organization I was working with. Yeah. So. I feel so terrible. No, tell me. Okay. You know, in the U.S., I'm actually not, I'm actually just getting into the ultra world. So, but I'd love to tell me more about it. I actually don't know. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Is she really human though? Like we have to ask. I don't want to touch back on the uh, social media influence because we've had some pretty lengthy discussions on this show about the role travel influencers have on social media and sort of the, uh, I guess, their goal and their, I guess, reputation and their responsibility to try to provide real content and we yeah. we actually had a four other people on the show with this panel specifically yeah, discussing is social media killing travel that's and in, there are many false ratings out there like you've mentioned and it is it is up to the each individual viewer scrolling through instagram yes. scrolling through so facebook great. to yes. decide if that is real and to look into it further because you're right. Anything could be paid and Instagram does not necessarily yeah. require you to show that it is a paid content or sponsored content. So the fact that you are taking it upon yourself to provide true constructive criticism of these airlines and you're not always doing negative reviews. Like you said, you're praising the, the staff of these airlines or at the airport. So yeah. it is good and bad and it is truthful. Yeah, you know, I, to this day, I guess I've been running these longer distances now for close to eight years. And I I think it's really allowed myself to really listen to my body. And in a way that I think if I looked at my watch constantly, I would be, I would be way too, like just overthinking everything. And with running, I think for me, it's like a way to decompress, a way to release stress and, 
I think it's almost the reason that I can run for so many um, hours at end is because it's just, I'm, I'm, you know, laying off the load that life tends to put on us. And uh, so I've just, you know, I, I actually own a watch. I was gifted a watch for, for a birthday and it's sitting there. I don't even know where the charger is. And, you know, I, for one of the races that I did during this challenge, it was in Mongolia and there were very high chances I was probably going to get lost during this race because it wasn't marked very well. And they told us that at the beginning that like people often get lost in this race is probably good to put it on your watch and, uh, or like the route. And I, I still chose to not wear my watch and just take the risk of getting lost. <laughs> I didn't, I think I got lost for maybe like one K, but you know, this race I knew it was also going to take me close to eight hours to do this marathon. So I was like, okay, if I get lost a little bit, it was lucky. Cause I, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a mountain marathon. <laughs> yes. Correct. So I had just moved to Japan. I was 22 at the time. And my father actually had just passed away very suddenly. And I was working really crazy hours at this Japanese tech startup company and was feeling just incredibly lost, um, happy to be in this very distracting environment, Always living in Japan. But I felt like I had no time to, to grieve and sort of process anything. I was kind of just working hard and playing hard at the same time. And then I very randomly signed up for a marathon. Like I, at this point, I did not consider myself a runner. I had previously run a half marathon, but it was like a very slow half marathon. Like it was mostly walking and I had never really gotten into the experience, but I signed up for this one very local marathon race in in Japan. I had maybe two and a half months to train Mm -hmm. for it. And yeah, running for me really became the hour two hours, three hours of the night, because I would honestly start running at like 11 PM when I finished work and I would just run for one, two, three hours, even sometimes, and just release a lot of the pent up emotions that I was feeling that I was compartmentalizing. I'm very, I'm someone Uh, who, you know, if something happens to me, I continue forward. You know, I just, I, it's hard for me to slow down in life as it is for many Americans. I think we're just kind of all wired to keep going, keep pushing. And, and I sort of had that, that same mentality. So running for me, it just allowed me to slow down. And, um, and it just gave me this surge of confidence. I think when I told people that I was training for a marathon, it was like, Oh, wow, this crazy thing you're doing. And, and I think when I crossed that first finish line, I, I just was bawling because again, it was just almost this, um, euphoric, um, just a huge release of emotion that I, again, was just uh, right. 
compartmentalizing for, for so long. And it just gave me this huge boost of confidence that I hadn't been feeling. It made me feel like, okay, maybe I, I did find where I'm supposed to be in life. I don't, I'm still in Japan. I still don't speak the language. I still feel kind of lost, but like, I know that I love doing this sport and it makes me feel so emotionally balanced in a way that I don't know what other activity could do this to me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, I did my first marathon in Tokyo and my second marathon was actually in, in South Korea. And so I very quickly yeah, people started want authenticity and combining the one, running, the one aspect of which is something for, that for countries that have valuable, well. it just was a really uh, I guess, natural assets or cultures that would, they want to share. It is, it is important for them to be able to reach out to an influencer because it is the cheapest method of advertisement. It's like, hey, why don't you come mm -hmm. and stay at, at in our country, in our city, in our little boutique motel or whatever, and share your experience. And I think it's up to those individual travel destinations, those hotels, motels, obviously they want to get the best reviews possible. But I think part of it is also saying, hey, we want you to give a real review and not put it in the contract that you have to give us a five-star review. Yeah. And you, and you want to look at multiple data points before you, you know, if you're trying to travel somewhere, you want to make sure that you Use a few different sources, and that's yeah. Just be good. a traveler, not a vacationer. Do your research. Yeah, and and it, it piece a piece of advice that I like to give people, and I believe I've given it on the podcast. Um, for every beautiful, perfect travel picture that you see, whether it's of the Colosseum or the Leaning Tower of Pisa or whatever it is, take that picture, and then that is a beautiful picture. But then go to Google Earth and drop the little orange guy, the Street View guy right down in front of the monument, and then you'll see what it looks like in real time at a point in time where all the crowds are there. And that actually is the most authentic way, or one yes. of the more authentic ways yeah. to actually see what it's like. Yeah, drop it in front of the Mona Lisa and you'll see. Yeah, you can. It's just a, a sea of people. Uh, it's yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's a pretty unique way to, to get that <laughs> real actual, uh, yeah, point that in time. Perspective, yeah. So yeah. we've talked, you've mentioned Holiday Swap a few times. We mentioned it in the beginning. Let's talk about it. So can you explain a little bit of what Holiday Swap is? Yeah. Yeah. No, with truly with, with each, each drop of sweat, like you, I yeah. literally felt emotionally lighter. It was, and it's something, I mean, I, I did play the sport squash growing up pretty competitively. I was not a runner at all. Again, like I said, until age 22, 23. And, uh, but it never had this effect on me playing squash, you know, versus, versus running and having kind of this moment to myself. And I think running really forces you to, 
to ask yourself some deep questions that otherwise in a normal, like very chaotic environment, like you would never have the, the mental space to, to ask these very deep introspective questions. So I, I really appreciate that about running. I listen to music. Uh, I, I know, you know, I recently, during uh, confinement over the last year, I actually left my phone at home a number of times and I tried to get more into like mindful running where I did. And especially uh, okay. a year ago, we had, we had a guest on Paris, maybe a year ago, Bob, it was a Kelly true Hayes, lockdown where right? like, there was um, no she is her blog. So her platform really is the house at Diva. Like and she, and like, this is really she, wild, this I guess, pushes the idea of house sitting abroad. So it's not so quite I, the I same as, you know, holiday swap, but get more into sort of this mindful running where you're, we don't have so many distractions going on like music or podcasts so but it's hard it's hard and I think music it does actually mm -hmm. allow me to sort of get into this like deep thinking mode which I appreciate yes. I don't normally actually just listen to my music yep. I think about other things um but I, yeah. I very much appreciate the fact that mindful running is, is really powerful too without music going on in the background Yeah. And it, it, to me, to me, holiday swap is more of like, I guess maybe house sitting is more like couch surfing and you, you have to have those trustworthy reviews. You have to be established, but then the holiday swap is you really are just matching up with someone where you want to, you know, you, you have, do you have to have the same timeline of like, all right, I'm going to be gone for a week. Yeah. Okay. So do you always, with Holiday Swap, do you actually leave your home if someone's staying with you or could you stay and be like an Airbnb host? Yeah, where you're getting into that that flow state where you are meditating, like running, running is meditation. And uh, oh, yeah. wow. And it, it takes a lot of effort to, to be able to build up to that just as it does, you know, yeah, meditating yeah. for longer periods of Norway time. But I think when, once you are yeah. able to achieve a flow state, you almost never want to... Yeah. <laughs> You almost want to like always keep up that like two hour long run uh, endurance just because it it is so blissful. Feels so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Do you, is there a certain criteria yeah. in order to, to get your house uh, approved or is there some sort of approval process? Do you, if someone, if someone were to put their house up in a Are you uh, not undesirable a area, or like, do you let them know like, hey, you know, no one's coming to rent your house? I respect that. I don't enjoy running or cycling or any of that. I don't. I'm I'm scared of cycling, and I've just never personally gone into swimming. So, um, yeah. But I'm I'm open. I'm open to both, but it's just never really happened for me. 
<laughs> okay. So with with Airbnb and hotels, you obviously have some securities that help protect you and the homeowner. So the homeowner and the people traveling to the home. Um, does Holiday Swap have that kind of assurance when you're traveling? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I did a marathon, I think I mentioned before in Sierra Leone and that was in, that's awesome. We're going to have to check it out for my next trip, weather. whatever that is. It was yeah, really yeah. in 90% humidity. So it was yeah. Really, yeah. really tough and I don't like swimming, but I literally know it was, it was a humidity pool. It really was. Uh, I did another marathon in Somaliland, which is not Somalila, Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a separate, its own sovereign country, but uh, yeah, it was also ninety degrees, okay. and I was wearing full, you know, it's a very conservative country, and so I was wearing like full black. I had to cover everything, and so and that marathon was actually just beyond the weather. It was just along a straight desert road, so. Um, so it was just for, you know, 13 miles, I was just going one way on this desert road and then turning back 13 miles in this really intense heat. So, um, so that was, that was tough in itself, just mentally. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty interesting. And so, uh, one question, and then I, I want to ask you about COVID travel and yes. if you have any tips, you know, but honestly, in order to use holiday swap, do very, you actually have I to have your place up there? there. Or could I was you still traveling like without a, having your own a house. guy that was helping you, me. So someone who was local okay. from the community that was kind of with me at all times, but it, I felt very safe there and it definitely does not have the same conflict as maybe you would see in the headlines uh, surrounding Somalia. It's, it's very different. They, there's no, um, terrorist group that is, um, that is present there in Somaliland. So, 
so yeah so overall during the race it was actually very well okay. organized uh there were and, quite a few and, aid so stations now moving to so travel, that was like uh, as kind you of mentioned, you a nice um yeah a nice addition uh, to the race year. like every you i think it was every 15 kilometers there was uh, the someone handing out watermelon and maybe, so uh, like hands-on so yeah, experience no, it was a really it was a really to, interesting hey, protect yourself Yes. Yes. So, you know, there's not so much conflict as well going on in on Socotra Island, like obviously related to the mainland in Yemen. There's there wasn't um, you know, any pour over of the of the civil war that's currently going on in Yemen. But, uh, but there was, you know, there is some sort of presence of the UAE versus Saudi Arabia and all these different countries that are trying to, so there was, you know, but again, to put it on the, under the umbrella of being a conflict zone would not be, I definitely felt safe there as well. Um, honestly, all of the areas, I mean, even Afghanistan, I felt very safe traveling there. Uh, there were a few days in, in Kabul that, you know, I think it was a little bit prickly because uh, it would have, the elections had just taken place there maybe a week before the presidential elections. And so, yeah, we had to take certain precautions, but, but, um, but overall, most of the, the places I felt, at least I was with local people who knew what they were doing and um, I never felt like I was in any uh, dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. I flew in, yeah, via Cairo, but there's only one flight uh, every 10 days. So yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty hard place to get to, I think. Yeah, no, it was, it was, I mean, I, I got, yeah. I got pretty used to running in extreme weather conditions, to be honest. Um, it really didn't bother me at that point to run in 90 plus degree weather, which is, which is kind of crazy because it, it is dangerous uh, to a certain extent to be running in that hot of weather. But I think at that point, my body was just so used to putting itself in such extreme uh, conditions, like especially some of the, the marathon, uh, the mountain marathons that I had participated in the one in Mongolia. I did another in Colombia that took me close to 10 hours to complete. And uh, so overall, every race was just a mixed bag of some crazy obstacle that I had to sort of overcome. But I think that's, for me, that's what actually made it really exciting. The longest marathon? I think the one in Colombia actually took me the longest. I, I did a race in Guatemala, Guatemala as well that um, we had to go up an active volcano, which is really cool in theory. And when I signed up for the race, it was really cool. But what you did is like you went up the mountain and then you ran down the mountain and then you had to actually run up it again and run down. So it was like two times up the same mountain, which was, it was like an elevation gain of in, I only know in meters, like 3000 meters, which, um, so it was, yeah, it was, um, pretty intense. And to do that twice was just, it was really hard. 
but, but again, I, I also do this really reckless oh, yeah. thing where I, before yeah, races, it's the little I don't things at this at point. terrain before I do the race. Yeah, like, I just want to be able to sit in the coffee usually shop on the website. Yeah, I just, I don't, I just yeah. want to go into it yeah. kind of blindly and so just figure it out along the way. As far as and, the actual uh, visiting of you know, I think for me, again, has that I, changed in a significant way? I knew and I was what are some in of the, really I guess, more shape. interesting things I that you've seen. I did a lot of stairs training or even had to jump through mission. And, you know, if I had to pull out of a race for any reason, I knew it wasn't necessarily because I wasn't in good enough shape. Like I, I did all that I could. And so for me, I just, I didn't want to psych myself out by knowing how difficult you, did, some of these races. Do you think you've were. been following or leading? <laughs> I did a race actually in Chile and it was in Patagonia and it was close to, uh, like 30 degrees. So honestly, wasn't terribly cold it was snowing um but it wasn't it wasn't really really cold so i um i've been lucky to not have to take on i actually one of the races i wanted to do for this mission was in siberia and uh but then i realized this was like early on when i was planning the the whole project that uh, the ngo component to you know, finding an NGO in Siberia that was women focused was actually really difficult. Um, and so then I was like, I'm going to do this race after my project. It doesn't have to be a part of Run to Reach. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. So, when you've been traveling, I guess, over the last year or so, we've already talked that you've gotten some backlash from traveling and you've said yourself that you take precaution. You know that traveling is, yeah. it is it's true. It's risky true. from that perspective, but, but your it's body not really acclimatizes. more risky like, I, than I going I just to really your local restaurant and dining indoors. And I remember the um, first, when I did the race in Sierra Leone, I remember I was probably really the most I, I, travel experience I was taking really long breaks any at the modern person unless like a you're year a later, it wasn't as difficult taking on these okay. extreme weather conditions. And actually, as soon as I finished Run to Reach, I was invited to participating in this hundred kilometer, like 60 mile ultra in the Tunisian desert. And that to me, that was like the most difficult weather conditions of all, because again, it was like 90 degrees, you're running in a desert over soft sand. There was also a um, sandstorm that was happening while we were running. And um, so, yeah, so it was pretty intense, but that's, that's what makes these races fun. Like that's, you know, that's what also running a, an ultra, I think, or a marathon is all about. It's just to push, push yourself mentally and see, you know, what are your, your limits essentially to do. Yeah. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think definitely the most meaningful trip was 
was going to Afghanistan and running a marathon in this beautiful region called Bamyan, where there's actually this, this national park called Bandi Amir. And it was a really interesting race because I was actually on the waiting list uh, to participate in the marathon Afghanistan for close to six months. So I didn't know if it was going to work out, but I sort of planned everything around my schedule that if it were actually, you know, to work out that I would just drop everything and, and, and go there. And I actually found this incredible organization called Free to Run that they provide safe spaces in Afghanistan and Iraq for women to participate in sport freely. Because in fact, in both Afghanistan and Iraq, it's, it's quite dangerous for women to just go out for a run in public on the streets. And, uh, and so I knew, you know, this organization was very in line with my mission, you know, empowering women in all sorts of area, but I actually never work with an organization that specifically empowered women through sports. And what was so powerful about this experience was, you know, I spent a few days in Kabul, but then we went to where the marathon was taking place in Bamyan. And I actually spent close to a week to 10 days with some of the members of Free to Run. So the women who, Afghan women who were going to be taking, also taking part in the marathon there. So it was just so, you know, almost life-changing to hear their stories and their perspective and, you know, what it's actually like to live in Afghanistan. And, you know, I sort of, of course, I went there very open-minded, but I had a lot of preconceived notions of what Afghanistan would be like. And I remember landing in Kabul and just feeling like, wow, this is the most surreal feeling in the world, like growing up as an American and having all of these images in my, in my head of, you know, the war in Afghanistan and what it's actually like. And, you know, I was just looking at the streets and there was, a, you know, beautiful markets and a lot of vibrancy and, um, and a live energy to just the, the atmosphere. And the food was amazing. And um, I just, you know, of course, like most places in the world that are considered dangerous, I think you also just come to realize that, the people there are, you know, are just like for all of us and, you know, want to show us a good time and are extremely hospitable and inviting. And I think especially, you know, any Afghan, local Afghan person I met, you know, they, they were so happy to, to know that I was a tourist there in their country and that I wasn't necessarily there to, to fix their country per se as well. And, um, so yeah, so that was a truly life-changing yeah. trip. I think my mom yeah, the, was, the was not so happy that I went there. The consumer experience has seemed to have uh, gone downhill and, and it was, doesn't seem like it's going to be going back up anytime soon. quite relieved to know that I returned okay. Yeah, but, sad. you know, I think huh, too... It, uh, that, was, that was pretty insightful. I, thanks, thanks. Even before that. I went to that's Afghanistan really interesting. And, 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 and that's sort of... Out of all the your, places your, in the world you could go to to run these races. Your expertise, is that something that you're... I know you're passionate about that, but you do... Afghanistan, why would you risk your life? to going back to I think put a lot to of me, effort into reviewing these if airlines. If something were to really happen, happen in Afghanistan, it would have just been bad luck. Like more into like anything their financials. that could happen anywhere in the world, exactly. And um, you know, obviously, there have been terrible events that have been happening recently in the U.S. with with mass shootings. And not to say again that this is something that happens all the time. I mean, it currently 
is a big problem in the US. But I think for me, like violence, you just have to treat it in yeah. a very relative term. Well, I appreciate that and, insight. It's probably more, um, and I more was info on airlines than I probably would have ever received from <laughs> doing my own I research. Go back. I want to see more yeah. parts of the country. And I know that there are huh. enough people. I mean, I'm going to have to re-listen to that again. I know, I know. I'm trying to think of, beautiful I want to pull more out of you, but I don't I don't even know enough to ask the right question. I think, you know, the more um, that travel is, is accessible to to the rest of the world, I think there will be more people who will be brave enough to go there. So I think, yeah, well, um, well, yeah, I'm yeah, just we'll do that. We'll do that because we do uh, what we didn't do. And we'll get into this segment there. now is we we have a rapid fire section that we ask every guest the same 10 questions. And what we do, what Bob and I will alternate, we'll ask you, you'll ideally Think of it or respond as quickly as you can. Some of them are a little more difficult, so you can take your time. Um, all right, Bob, you want to get it started? Yeah. James, what's the worst word that wor- first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel? Hmm. All right. What home comfort do you miss the most while traveling? Yes. If you could swim in any liquid, what would it be? That would, like a, like a yeah. chocolate river, like the one in uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, who did someone? Someone else just said that one. Yeah, we just had that. Uh, and I think that is also a phenomenal, phenomenal choice. I always wondered about yeah. the bubbles if you would sink more. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you, I don't know if you've seen these videos where you like aerate sand and sand basically becomes like a liquid and you just fall right in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Number four, what travel book had the biggest influence on your life? Mm. The beach. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Where are we here? Say hello in your favorite language. Yes. 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 All right. That's a first. Everybody always tries to think of, yeah, different different language. (laughs) Uh, If you can travel with anyone in the world, living or dead, who would it be? What is one item remaining on your bucket list? Travel or personal? Do it again. Do it again. All right. Definitely. Yeah. Ah. Never. Yeah. Of course. So I think after I finished Rent to Reach, I was pretty, I wouldn't say I was burnt out, but I think I, I definitely needed six months to process everything. And yeah. And, you know, I think, again, there were so many (laughs) aspects of the project that I didn't foresee to be so all consuming, like the 
you know, the sponsorship aspect of it or the fundraising aspect of it too, which was in essence, like why I was doing this that's, project to begin with, but it really kept me up. And yeah, that's really important. And, and fundraising goal. Very quickly, and, that's and fundraising uh, is I, really, really listen difficult. to a good analogy uh, of so, a wine connoisseur. The you wine know, finally, once I had they, sort of a clear headspace to finally ask myself, appreciate you know, the best. The, obviously, this is not going to the most life-changing wines and you know, know, journey I've ever been on. But what did I really love the most about the project? They put so much and, effort into only, uh, you know, of course, running was good amazing, but again, that was, and, you know, uh, yeah, to me, five percent of the project. It was almost like the vehicle that, that allowed yeah. me to go to yeah, these I mean, places. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about that before because I traveled people. when I was younger in but college, because and I was if I went to those same exact places, the experience I would have now as someone ten years older would be vastly different than what it was when I went. Things I I got to interview. Number eight. This really, is a fun really one, I think. Uh, cool, if you could pick an actor to play you in a movie, who would you choose? Stories and yeah, choice. Because I was my wife would approve. Communicating <laughs> yeah, yeah. About yeah, my I can see Leonardo DiCaprio. You kind of give up uh, like, catch me if you can vibes. So you know, running around the airport. Okay. If you were stuck in one city for the rest of your life, which city? You know, but I had all these stories, and I didn't actually just to communicate them. You know, to the outside world, or I felt there's too much going on otherwise. So, I. You know, I came up with this idea to develop a podcast, actually, and you know, it's such a great medium again to tell stories. And I think, you know, there's there can never be enough human stories told around the world. And I think for me, especially traveling to some some more you know far-reaching places like Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and um, places that quite honestly have a bad rep uh, in the minds of you know, the US, a lot of Europeans. And, uh, you know, how could I take really powerful stories of yeah. women I, I, who have I, I done did really incredible Hong things Kong in these countries to life? And so that's is to my sort of monster. There's always the threat of Godzilla. Or I guess actually when this episode will be released, it will already be out. So please oh, yeah. check out and um yeah, yeah so my, think, my, you know, my nerd is going to come out a little bit so i don't know i don't know if you saw like the most recent kong which was <laughs> sorry not the most recent but the newest version that came out in like 2006 with jack black and i'm sort of was like adolescent supposedly in that timeline and then in the second one kong skull island he actually got bigger and now he is his biggest form yet which is why if you looked at if you compared I hope Kong so. With Jack I hope Black so. And in 2006 you know, I think to Godzilla, he's like as you know, you know as soon as I finished Venture, shorter. Yes, I've done yeah. a little bit. Now he's about the same size as Godzilla. I've continued to do a little fundraising on the side, but um, I think people are not are waiting. Yeah, for I have not seen it yet, next, but I will but I think most certainly be watching. The general question. And All right, for me, and then I think after I last my question. Break, I just wanted to last find question. my landing. What is one piece of advice you give to yourself ten years ago? Figure out what I was going to pay my rent every month, and and now that the project is over, you know, I wasn't having a lot of sponsors (laughs) you know giving me money here and there so um so yeah so I think it's just been finding my footing and and sort of developing this side project which is now the podcast and and I'm excited to see where that takes me so we will see thank you Okay, yeah. 
Okay. Nervousness. Nervousness. Nice. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, but, and before you go, uh, what is your Instagram handle? Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. We'll have it in the show notes. Yep. Thank and you we'll have holidayswap.com on there. We've got, too, a, we got a few other really items like in there. Because do you have a YouTube channel? With the possibilities of how I approach travel in all of these different places. Yeah. And I think sometimes I get overwhelmed by, yeah, the possibilities of, of all the different things I could be doing. And um, and Perfect. I think that's the yeah. feeling, I guess. All right, all James, miss, thank you very much for joining us. Feeling of nervousness yeah. Yeah. That, and unfamiliarity to that. Yeah, you too. brings us as well. Just home cooking, I think. Um, I. That's. That's yeah, that's really <laughs> I'm important. I'm from Georgia, but very you know, quickly, I think that's, uh, I, I, I love. Listen to a good analogy know, of the wine connoisseur. The wine connoisseurs, they, they learn know, to know um, the best. No, but I think when I'm traveling to it, the best. I, I a love wine connoisseur is not going to enjoy and so the little homemade as much wines, as you know, and they've eliminated the ability to take and, and enjoyment of, in some of the little things because they put so much effort into only feeling good about having the best. And yeah. Sort of and know what's inside of it too. I can't tell you the number of times I got food poisoning over this year and a half long yeah. journey. Not in yeah, a bad I mean, way. I, I thought about you know? that before because I traveled I think when I was just younger like that, in college. That comfort and of having if I went to those same exact places, really the experience I, I would have now as uh, replaced, someone ten years older would be vastly different than what it was when I went. Traveling. All right, number eight. This is a fun one, I think. Uh, if you could pick an actor to play you in a movie, who would you choose? Nice, wow, nice, nice. that is I yeah. good choice. <laughs> My wife would have preferred Leonardo DiCaprio. You tend um, to go uh, like Catch Me If You Can vibes, you know, <laughs> running around I the airport. Oh yeah. Um, okay. If you were stuck in one right. city for the rest of your life, which city would you choose? Um, maybe nice. white. Nice. Actually, yeah. yeah. Why Hong Kong? Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That would be wonderful. I feel like that would be great. Yes, yes. Um, Shantaram, which is not really a travel book, but it's, um, do you know this book actually? It's, um, it's, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the author, but it's set in India actually. And um, it's is a it's based on a true story of this Australian man who who uh, escapes from prison and he finds himself in India and sort of makes yeah I, I, he ends I, I up did living just in a slum and Kong becomes you know King part of the community there and like falls in love it, it and it just it's I think monster uh, attack I have a very yeah, there's always there's always the India threat of well Godzilla traveling in India and I think it really was just a beautiful. Um, romantic oh, yeah, yeah. Of, of all the incredible so my my, my nerd is going to come out a little bit so, so i don't know yeah, i don't know if you saw it. like the yeah. most recent kong which was sorry not the most Skull recent Island. but the newest Thank version <laughs> that came out in like 2006 oh. with jack black kong was like adolescent you, supposedly in that timeline <laughs> And then in the second yeah, one, Kong Skull Island, he actually got bigger. Yeah. And now he is his biggest form yet, which is why if you looked at, if you compared Kong with Jack Black in 2006 to Godzilla, he's like, Definitely. I mean, this you is, know, yeah. 150 feet shorter. Easy. 
option, but now he's about the same size. I think that's actually when I fell in love with him. It was actually during our first trip. Yeah, I have not seen it yet, but I will most certainly be watching it. Anything. All right, and then last question. No, we we are very. What is one piece of advice you give to yourself? And I definitely have a good. I feel like all of my close friends just go for it. I could really travel with. Fuck it all. I feel like that's again if you're if we're compatible in that kind of way. I feel like we're compatible in every sort of way. And uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Like right there, right there, exactly. No, really. And uh, no, it's so important. And I think me too, like for me, I, I also, I don't like to over plan my trips. I really, I mean, of course, certain trips like Afghanistan, you sort of know what you're doing, but um, I kind of just like to throw myself you know, nice. in any sort of yeah. situation and, once uh, I get there yeah, and, and sort of you go. piece uh, what the trip your together Instagram? as I go. Yeah. And also, you know, my husband's sort of the same way. And yeah. Yeah, we like our coffee. We'll we like having okay. like a slow Thank morning. So yeah, there. it just works. And so yep. And we'll have holidayswap.com on there. We've got, yeah. a, we got a few other items in there. Cause do you have a YouTube channel? Really? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 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 Ooh, that's Perfect. tough. All I right, James. Thank you very much for joining us. Love one day yeah. to run a marathon. Yeah, you too. In Antarctica. Yep, uh, you too. Which would be, I guess, my seventh continent. Uh, but yeah, I think going to Antarctica. There are probably others on the list, but I think that's the that's, first one that comes to mind. That's um, yeah, that's really important. And, and yeah, I think very it quickly, would be very that's, cool. That's uh, I, I listened to a good analogy of so. a wine connoisseur. The wine connoisseurs. They, they learn to know the best and they only can therefore appreciate the best. You, a wine connoisseur is not going to enjoy the little homemade wines and they've eliminated the ability to take enjoyment in some of the little things because they've put so much effort into only wow, wow. feeling hey, good curious, about are, having the best. And, uh, well. yeah, and, and it's important like to, to not necessarily bucket. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, th I've thought about that before because I've traveled when I was younger in college. And if I went to those same exact places, the experience I would have now as uh, someone 10 years older would be vastly different than what it was when I went. All right. Number eight. This is a fun one, I think. Uh, if you could pick an no, actor to play nice. you in a movie. Who and then you're going to make that happen. Yeah, I it's can see Leonardo DiCaprio. My wife would have uh, Catch so. me if you can, <laughs> You know, he's <laughs> running around the airports and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. If you were stuck in one city for the rest of your life, which oh, city would you such choose? That's a good question. Um, nice. Nice. Interesting. Well, now I'm thinking like, Why you know, Reese Witherspoon who played Shell Strait and like all of the... <laughs> no, but it wouldn't be Reese Witherspoon. Um, gosh, that's really hard. Like I almost want to... <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been told I look a lot like Claire Danes. So, really? No way. Yeah. So, 
she's great, you know? So I'd probably go with her because really like even mm-hmm. during rent to reach, I would be in these like random places and people would w- have watched Homeland. They're like, wow, you look a lot like Chloe. So I'm like, okay, you know, people don't. <laughs> so maybe her, maybe her. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I did just watch Hong Kong get completely destroyed by King Kong and Godzilla. So I don't know how safe it, it, yeah. it truly is to a giant monster attack. Yeah, there's always there's always <laughs> well, the there threat you go, of there you go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So my 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 nerd is going to come out a little bit. So I don't know I don't know if you saw like the most recent Kong, which was like, I'm sorry, not the most recent, but the newest version that came out in like 2006 with Jack Black. Kong was like adolescent supposedly in that timeline, and then in the second one, Kong Skull Island, he actually got bigger. And now he is his biggest form yet, which is why if you looked at, if you compared um, Kong with Jack Black in 2006 to Godzilla, he's like, uh, you know, 150 feet shorter. Now he's about the same size as Godzilla. There's slow moments, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think yeah, I, I have not seen it yet, but I will most certainly York, be watching. I remember it. just feeling like I had all like right, and then a day. last question. I'm not saying that New York is question. like. What is one piece of advice you US, give to but, yourself ten uh, years ago? <laughs> I just really appreciate how just go for it. The city, yeah. Here and fuck um, it all. That's yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Yes, you know, I think what I also really appreciate about French people is that, you know, I think Americans, again, we're, and I, I call myself sometimes a recovering American, like I, I think we're wired to, not in a bad and a condescending way at all, but like, you know, we're wired <laughs> to be hyperproductive, you know, I think in yeah. the first five minutes, you're, you meet someone, you ask them what, what they do in life and there's nothing wrong with that and you know in France that's it's really not the case like you actually if you ask someone what they do it's almost like okay there's nothing else to talk about so we have to ask this so I also really love that people's identities are beyond their job and um And, uh, and yeah, but, and before yeah, you go, I think uh, what the, is your Instagram? The, I love what's called like apeho culture here, where yeah, you know yeah, at like four p.m. We'll in the show notes. Okay. people Thank just like leave work and have yep, like and we'll have holidayswap.com on there. We've got a, you know, we got a few really other nice, items like, in there because do you have a YouTube just, channel? It's, it's I think French people really they appreciate the small pleasures yeah. in life uh, to the fullest. It's sort of like almost what they live for. And, uh, and I think, you know, I've only been here for yeah. four and a half years, but Perfect. I, and there are many. All right, James, thank you very much for joining us. Wrong. It's not all yeah. like, yeah, you too. you know, red wine and, yep, you and too. rainbows outside, but yeah, yeah. But like, but I think I just really jive with the energy here. And, uh, but I, I say that that's, too, but every other week I, I tell my husband, oh, we yeah, that's really important. And, and or like, we should quickly, move back to Tokyo uh, or like, I, I, I'm a dreamer a good and I think of a wine I would honestly be happy most they, places they in the world, but I think, the best. yeah, for now Paris, um, therefore Paris appreciate works. the best. So. You know, a wine connoisseur is not going to enjoy yeah. the little homemade wines and they've eliminated the ability to take 
enjoyment in some of the little things because they put so much effort so into I think only I would tell myself that feeling good about <laughs> having the best. I'm someone and, uh, who yeah, I think and, and it's important to, to not necessarily do all that. my 30 years of being, I've always felt a little bit lost in life. I've never, yeah. I think I've always yeah, been I mean, really I've, th- I've thought about that before because I've traveled when I was younger in college. And if I went to those same exact places, like the experience I would have now is uh, someone 10 years older or, would be vastly um, different I've than what it was of myself for not having that one clear path that I follow. All right. Number so, eight. This is a fun uh, one, I think. I uh, if you could pick an actor to play you in a movie, you will always feel lost. Whatever <laughs> you're doing, you will always choice. Cap, My wife would have been the best. If you know can, you're doing the right thing. It's just. You know, running around the airport. Taking the riskier route, taking a more adventurous route. And um, I think that's nice. essentially nice. what's what's propelled yeah. me in, Why um, Hong Kong? in some beautiful directions in life that, in, you know, has given me really amazing opportunities to to see the world and meet amazing people. And, um, and ultimately, like, developing a career out of that, of just... Um, kind of throwing myself in this crazy running adventure that now, you know, I'm, I'm working with, with really cool running brands that are doing more with, with social initiatives. And I never like a few years ago would have ever dreamed that this is what I'd be doing for my career. But, um, but yeah, it's just being, I guess I would tell myself to feel okay, to be lost, to just, to embrace that, that feeling. Yeah. Of, I, I, um, I did of just watch Hong Kong get where you might completely be destroyed in five by King Kong and, and Godzilla. So I don't know how safe and, it, it and truly is to a giant monster to attack. Any yeah, there's always, <laughs> there's always the threat <laughs> of Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah. 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 So my 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 nerd is going to come out a little bit. So I don't know I don't know if you saw like the most recent Kong, which was sorry not the most Skull recent Island. but the newest version mm-hmm. that came out in like 2006 oh. with Jack Black. Kong was like adolescent supposedly in that timeline. Yeah, thank you. And guys then so in the much. second one, Kong Skull Island, another, he actually like, got bigger. So there's and now he is his share. biggest so thank form you so much yet, for which is why if you looked at if you compared. Kong with Jack Black in 2006 to Godzilla, he's like, you know, 150 yes. feet shorter. Yes. Now he's about the same size as Godzilla. Godzilla. Information here. After, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen it yet, but I will most certainly be watching it. Let, All right, yes, and then I will last question to the extreme. To do this what is race? one piece so, of advice you'd so give to yourself ten years ago? <laughs> Just go Thank for you. it. Liz does have a podcast called From Her View, which is going to be really cool. Bob, I don't know. Are you someone that has ever thought about doing a marathon? Um, I'm someone who has thought about doing a marathon, but not someone who plans on doing a marathon. <laughs> if Liz reached out to us today and said, I'm going to do a marathon and there's going to be a bunch of people, it's for a good cause, would you train for it? And yeah. she wants she wants the Traveler's Blueprint to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I not to like toot my own horn here or anything, but I wouldn't have to train that much. Okay. I would have to train. I would have to train. <laughs> All right. Um, 26 miles would be hard. I, I'm not a runner, but I'm in decent shape, so I could do it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Give, me, give me a day. All right. That's, <laughs> and then, you know, a month to recover. Yeah. No, I mean, I know you run pretty often. You, you think you could do a marathon tomorrow? Uh, not, I don't think I could run the whole thing, but I could probably do it. 
Yeah, I mean anybody can do it. Like, yeah, I mean that's that's easy. I can like walk like run miles. like run and walk in, in under five hours. In under five hours, okay. Yeah, just upped it a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I would have to train. I would have to. I would have to work those specific muscles before I did twenty six miles. All right, lots of slow twitch fibers there. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. If you would like to support us, you can do so in a non-financial way, such as giving us a rating on whichever podcast platform you listen on. You can follow us on our social media pages, primarily Instagram and Facebook. If you want to support us financially, you can do so through our Patreon page, which you can find by searching the Traveler's Blueprint on Patreon or through our website. And you can support us with a dollar a month or as much as $10 a month. And if you're listening right now and you're still listening... And you can reach out to us on social media. Just put in a comment on our Facebook post that you actually know that you listen and just shout out that uh, Bob wears too many hats. Please do. That would be pretty hilarious. (laughs) Thank you. Tune in next week.